Welcome to Lighthouse Chapel International, Columbus, Ohio. We invite you to discover the life-changing anointed Word of God as you listen to this message by Reverend Gilbert Asamoah. Reverend Gilbert Asamoah is a well-seasoned minister who serves as the General Overseer of the Raccoon Diocese in Lighthouse Chapel International, USA. Founded by Bishop Dag Heward Mills with over 1,800 branches worldwide. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. invite the man of God with the anointing upon his life. Your father, my father, Reverend Gilbert Asamoah. Amen. Hallelujah to Jesus. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the great expanse of your love for us which gives us confidence and the assurance that we will not be rejected when we come before your throne of grace. We pray that you shall feed us with your holy bread of heaven. We pray for understanding, for revelation, for wisdom. We pray that your light will enter us in the name of Jesus. Amen. We thank the Lord. is good. Sam, can we come forward a little bit and if possible to this side. We are going to continue on our series on how to neutralize curses by the powers of the age to come. Amen. Amen. How to neutralize curses by the powers of the age to come. We spend a lot of time trying to establish the fact that you can't deny that there are curses in the world. A lot of things are just mind-boggling the way they happen. And in fact, I don't know whether it's science or philosophy, but there is a saying that if something can go wrong, it will. What do they call it? Is that Murphy's Law? Have you heard that Murphy's Law? Yeah, I don't know who Murphy was or <laughs> how he came by that law, but it is from observation. Out of observation, somebody designed and said that, you know, it seems like things have a way of going the wrong way. And it is because a direct effect of the curse. Hallelujah. And then in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13, we heard something. Can we look at that scripture? Galatians 3 and 13. So there are two, there, there are two G's. G for Genesis and G for Galatians. Genesis 3, what happened there wasn't good. Amen. But 4,000 years later, there was another G, Galatians. Galatians 3 is giving us the redemption out of the, the judgment of Genesis 3. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Next verse. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Amen. 
okay so um yeah we're going to end it there so what happened on the cross was an exchange amen, amen. the curse that has been sown in the earth because of adam's sin christ took it upon himself and was nailed to the cross and so and so and so by that exchange because keep in mind that christ was not a pauper christ was not cursed in fact in 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 our in our um, language we have a saying that he has something that he eats or won't be he, he he was somewhere before he came amen but he met himself he brought himself low do you get it he brought himself low in order to promote us to where he was hallelujah and so um but this whole thing is like a promise the whole journey of the believer, of the Christian, is a promise. It's like the promised land to the people of Israel. That they were brought to the promised land. And right before them was what? A land filled with what? Milk and honey. However, even though it's a good land, they didn't just enter into the milk and honey. They had to first believe that this land is good and then be willing to fight for it. Amen. Your whole Christian life is about knowing and discovering what God has already accomplished. And in many instances, because of the obstacles, we enter into doubt, right? We enter into doubt and, and we, we actually don't believe what the promise is because if the promise is this, why am I experiencing that? Hallelujah. But that's why the new creation is the key to overcoming of curses because all that God pronounced in Adam it was dealt with in Christ on the cross. So that when we are in Christ, the scripture says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, is that if anyone is what? Any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Hallelujah. And it's very important because you need to know that why was there a need for a new creation? Usually when somebody has clothes, and then they go and buy new clothes. Why? Uh, old one is beat up. Stained or it's like you need something fresh, something new. Amen. If you have a car that is working perfectly and you know, there, there is often no reason to go and get a new car. Except in, in today's world, people get a new car just so that they will show and prove that me too have arrived. Amen. But if you look at the economics of it, often it does not even make any sense. Amen. But sometimes there comes a time that, you know, this car has reached its what? <laughs> its last span. Amen. And you need to replace it. So when you hear the new creation, in fact, one of the, one of the things that keeps repeating in the, in the book of Hebrews Right, because in the book of Hebrews, you see that the author we don't know the author, something is Barnabas, something is Paul, but whoever it is, was he the person was a friend of Timothy because Timothy is mentioned in it, and Paul was a friend of Barnabas anyway. But you will see that a repeated theme in the book of Hebrews was, was that better, like the new covenant versus the old covenant. Hallelujah! And so, if we are in the new covenant, we must it must be important to us to know what is in it, and we must fight till we get it. Hallelujah. Amen. Because what belongs to you, sometimes something belongs to you, but somebody is sitting on it. 
And so in talking about neutralizing of curses, the rest of the world, the whole world is cursed. The whole world is operating under a curse. And the people who don't seem to be operating under a curse, who seem to be succeeding, who are not Christians, in many instances, sometimes, they are actually using the system that the world has created to dupe the rest of us so that it is like a zero-sum game. Because think about the, think about the financial crisis, right? The financial crisis, majority of people in 2008, major, major, majority of people, it had an adverse impact on our wallets. But there are some people who actually prospered. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Yeah. In the midst of the crisis, some are doing well. Yeah. And so you see that the world system, the way it is, it is not designed for all of us to do well. Yeah. I mean, why is it that the people, the, the credit card company, why is it that they keep inviting you to spend money? <laughs> and they find all kinds of ways for you to spend money. Yeah. They will, they will give you some perks. You know, you get miles, you get this, you get this, so that you keep spending. You see, it is not in, in your interest, but it is in their interest. The more you go into debt, they have devised a way whereby you will spend without feeling it. Do you get it? Because if you are using physical cash to buy something, you will feel it. But nowadays, you don't even need your credit card. You can save your credit card information onto the website of the merchant. Do you get it? So even if your card is not with you, you just, all you need to do is use the card on file. Sometimes they will send <laughs> And then nowadays, sometimes Amazon will send me a, you know, they, they have a way of tracking your search searches. So I will get an email that they will say, based on your recent browsing history, um, this thing will be good for you. Right. Then they will have a question. Uh, uh, do you want to do one-click purchase with your credit card on file? All you need to do is say yes. And then next thing you know, fast until land over place. That thing has landed. Amen. And then they will say, if you want it, one day delivery, they will bring it to you. That is how the world is. Amen. And so, and so, the way out of breaking out of the world system is to have new, a new way of thinking. And the person, the person who appeared as very different from the old order was Christ. Christ is the new creation. Because he was created outside of the normal pattern. We are soon going to get to Christmas. He was in the incarnation is the biggest mystery besides the cross. That God was able to enter the world without going to the normal pattern. So that he was able to dodge the curse of Adam. But then why did he go to the cross? Not for himself, for you and, for you and I. So that by he going to the cross... He, the new creation man, has made himself a sacrifice so that we can enter into that new creation world. So if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. What is it, all things are passed away? What are some of the old things, which are bad things? Because you don't want good things to pass away. Amen. You are watching a nice movie. You don't want it to end. Amen. If you are having company with a nice person, a relative you like has visited, you don't want them to leave. So things that are passing away in this context must be bad things we, we want to get rid of. And in the context of what we are preaching, what is the bad things that have passed away? Curses. Amen. Amen. And so here's the deal. That Christ is the new creation that in him the curses have passed away. And then everything has become what new. It has become a promise you and I need to pursue. Hallelujah. It is a faith promise. So in the book of Hebrews chapter 4, the author says that there's a rest. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. 
Therefore, a promise remains of entering his rest. Lest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. Hallelujah. Okay. Well, I, I don't want to read the whole chapter, but if you can find, there's a verse in Hebrews 4 that says that, it says that there is a rest that remaineth for the people of God. Hallelujah. There is a rest that remains for the people of God. And then it also says that, let us diligently enter or labor to enter into that rest. So, so, so the power of the new creation is in Christ. And then by his death and we becoming believers, he is now inviting us into a new life. The world will always, you see, the world and the system of the world and Satan will fight you vehemently for you to lead an ordinary life. For you to lead a life of no impact. For you to be average. Amen. Look, when we in New Jersey, by the grace of God, we were living in a brand new house. When we came here, initially we had to live somewhere. And we lived at a, an apartment off of Moss here. And then, somewhere along the line, we started having a, um, what do you call it, um, leaking problem in the basement. When we complained to the management, maybe, what did they say? You might remember the exact words. They said, I'm paraphrasing, they said that uh, 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 this thing happens a lot around here. I mean, paraphrasing. Or, 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 or put in another way, welcome to the club. This thing is not, you, what you are saying is not the first time we are hearing this. In other words, this problem arises, and, and so what we can do for you is to move you to another apartment. And they didn't quite add that, but they, they, by, 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 by implication, they said, if where we move you to also leaks, we move to another, because that's the way it is around here. Amen. <laughs> and so after one year, we started looking for a place to move out. That is how the world is. The world wants you to acquiesce, accept that the curse and how things are. Have you heard somebody say, well, this is America, I mean, uh, another day, another dollar. Yeah. It's like the mentality of the world is that you should just sweat and somebody just keep chopping your money. Or, or, or you shouldn't expect anything good to happen to you. But all of that is the legacy of the fall. Mankind has been conditioned to think that life is about just struggling and struggling and struggling. No, that's not what Christ fought for us. There is a struggle and a suffering in relation to the, in the, in the gospel and living the gospel, but that's, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the general pervasive curse that is in the world. And Christ's coming should make a difference. And I am challenging you and I'm challenging myself that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Did you find the scripture? There remains therefore, there remains therefore a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest has, has himself also ceased from his rest, as God did from his. So he said that there remains a rest. So this verse should be like a vision or should be like a hope or a promise. There remains, when I say there remains, it's like there is something left for us to enter into. There remains, a, therefore, a rest for the people of God. Hallelujah. A in other words, there's a place where you cease from working. Have you heard the expression, instead of working for money, let money be working for you. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. There is a place of rest. God wants us to enter into that rest. And that rest is going to come through laboring for revelation. Amen. 
There's another verse in the same Hebrews chapter 4, if you can look for it. It says that, that, therefore, we should labor to enter into that rest. Is it the next verse? Let us, therefore, be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. D- be diligent to enter that rest. Be diligent. So it seems almost like opposite, right? When you are resting, what does it mean? You are not you are at ease, you are not working, right? So 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 he said there is a rest. There is a rest that remains for the people of God. In other words, there's an arena that we enter that things become easy. Where you don't have to strive. Amen. And so that rest is a promise, okay? But then this verse, which actually comes after the verse 9, this verse 11, it said that therefore. Be diligent to enter that rest. So, in other words, in other words, here's the deal. Let's say the rest is by the speaker over there. Once I'm able to get there, I, I'm in that rest. But right now, I'm not. I'm here. And 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 how to get there? It is not going to come easy. I have to what work hard. When I say diligent, it means hard work. So the hard work you and I need to do ought not to be. Just working hard to make ends meet. It ought not to be just working hard to meet the obligations of life. We need to do that. But we need to strive. There is, an, there is, there, there is the need for us to now work hard towards entering that rest. How do you work hard? To know what God's word says. There is something like about laboring in the word. In other words, once, you see, you see if you do the hard part first, the hard part is discovering what God has in the new covenant for us and fighting yourself, fighting your way to get in. I don't know, some of you may be a bit too young, especially on this side of the, of the, of the, of the uh, aisle. This side, I, I don't know why you grew up because you, you may be older, but you may have grown up in a very rich environment. But there's a place where I grew up where transportation was an issue. Like, like I remember, one that one, one you, you are, that there's a time there was a time during the 1980s where 83 where when when the bus arrives, there's a scramble for the bus. Yeah. <laughs> Rasmus, you, you don't know what I'm talking about. There's a scramble for the bus that you have to force your way to get a bus. Amen. And and in some cases, people even run. Run as the bus is, is moving. People are running. Because if you make the mistake and miss that bus, you wait for a, long, a very long time. But consider that bus as the rest that remains for the people of God. Because once you get on the bus, you get to relax. But that struggle, that struggle, that if you, just, if you are just soft and, 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 and don't want to exert yourself, and you found yourself, uh, what do you call it, uh, a trophy. You are, you've got some trophy on the side and you are going like this. Chewing and the bus has arrived and you don't want to. You are going to sleep. You are going to sleep there. Amen. And so, and so look, what God has accomplished for us, you know, here's the deal. You see, heaven, heaven is like a warehouse for earth. Amen. Heaven is like a warehouse for earth. Not everything God created is here yet. 
Because the Bible says, the Bible says that all, it says that by faith we understand. Hebrews 11 and verse 3. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things that are visible were not made of things that do appear. Or they were not made of visible things. Which therefore means that the world of visible, the visible world is a child of the invisible world. Does that make sense? So that this world came out of the invisible world. And, and, and when Adam and Eve fell, their ability to see into the invisible world was shut off. Okay? But when Christ came, he gave us the promise to be able to have access to the invisible world. And now, and now when God created Adam and Eve, he gave them keys to rule. But then he also gave them access to the invisible world so that things that they needed to happen, they could call it forth here. And a lot of the things that are lacking, God is waiting on a new creation to call it forth out of heaven into this realm. This realm, this fallen world, God is giving us a group of people who have been given a foretaste of the world to come. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you listening to me, somebody? And so now, we know about the curse. You see, when you, when you hear somebody, when you meet somebody and they are talking about problems, a long list of problems. As a pastor, I hear that a lot. And sometimes when people are telling you their problem, they think that this is the worst that has ever happened. They don't know that this one is going through it, this one is going through it, or this one is going many people are going through it. Hallelujah. And of course, you don't want to belittle somebody because you need to cry with those who cry like a brother. <laughs> but Ishmael often announced you need to mourn with those who mourn. And so, so there's a place for that. Hallelujah. But you see, we cannot spend all our time thinking about problems when you don't think about solutions. Hallelujah. Amen. One brother, he came to see me. He said that the doctor has prescribed uh, um, medication for, for high blood pressure. But he said he doesn't want to take it. And I said, uh, um, brother, we all believe in faith. But remember, God also gave wisdom to the doctors. He said, no, but he said, I'm very young. He said, I am very young. And as a young person of my age, I don't want to start taking, uh, uh, what do you call it? Blood pressure medication at this age. <laughs> are you listening to me? <laughs> it's not even a funny story. <laughs> but I, I, was telling, I was telling him that, I was telling him that, okay, we believe God can heal you, right? But until that has manifested, you got to take the medication. So, so there are some people who like talking about problems, but when you talk, tell them the solution, they don't want to hear the solution. They just love talking about the problem so that they have somebody to sympathize with. It's like a student who is not doing well. They say, go and study. That's not what the solution they were trying to hear. Hallelujah. And so what I'm saying is that the whole world being under a curse is not news to any of us. But now we are saying that the solution will require some work. It will require what type of work? Work to discover God's answers. Hallelujah. Amen. And the answers are in Christ. Paul said, he said that, he said, for me, who was among all sinners, I was given what? Access to the unsearchable riches of Christ. The unsearchable riches of Christ. So in essence, Christ is like the promised land that God has given us. Hallelujah. And it's like a very vast search engine that the Holy Spirit will help us find. But the problem is that we've become so preoccupied with our problems that we don't spend enough time to labor into what God, the solutions God has prepared. So we keep rehashing the problem and rehashing the problem and rehashing the problem. We never ever start solving the problem. Hallelujah. 
Is somebody following what I'm saying? Let us do our best to enter that place of rest. For anyone who disobeys God as the people of Israel did will fall. Hallelujah. So now, let's look at the scripture we read again last week. Revelation chapter 21. Revelation 21. And um, start from, okay, then I saw, now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. So try to link this one with 2 Corinthians 5. Because 2 Corinthians 5 says, if anyone be in Christ, he's a new creation. So the word new creation, because remember, Revelation, I mean, Genesis chapter 1 says, in the beginning, God did what? Created heaven and earth. Okay? And so, that is the old creation. So if anyone be in Christ, it's a new creation. What is the new creation? A new heaven and a new earth. Hallelujah. What is the link to the new creation? If any man be in Christ. But in the order and sequence of time, this thing is going to happen at the end of the age. So the promise of a new heaven and a new earth for the rest of the world is happening at the end of the age. But for the group of people who are willing to labor to enter the rest of God, you get to taste of it before the rest of the world experiences it. And so you may do it and fumble. All of us, like I ran to try and pray for my friend's nephew, and it, it didn't work. Not that it didn't work. I didn't even start. I told you the story. I got there, and the power of the new creation either escaped from my mind or I got, I got scared. I checked out. Are you listening to me? What I'm saying is that what I'm talking about is something we are going to have to labor to enter. It must be a vision for you that as a believer, your life ought not to be the same as the rest of the world. Because you are a new creation. And God is calling on, waiting on a new creation to call forth the things that be not as though they were. Because that is our DNA. Our DNA is the DNA of God. The God who what? Quickeneth the dead and calleth for the things that be not as though they were. Because our language and our, our, our what do you call it? Um, our nature has been transformed into the nature of Christ. And we need to meditate on it and meditate on it until it has become real to us. We need to meditate on it until it has become what? Real to us. Okay? For the first heaven and first heaven had passed away. Also, there was no mercy. Okay, now jump to, okay, let me see. Alright, there was a new Jerusalem. I heard a loud voice. Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. Alright? So the good things that are happening in the new creation is the list that is coming now. God has come to live with man, okay? And he wiped away tears from our eyes. There will be no more death, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more crying. These are the benefits of the new creation, okay? Let's jump to verse number 9. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came to me and talked with me saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the lambs, the lambs, uh, wife. Then one of the seven, okay, he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem descending out of heaven from God. Having the glory of God, her light was like a most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Also, she had a great high wall with 12 gates, okay? Alright? Let's jump to 22, Revelation 22. And verse 1 to 5. Revelation 22 verse 1 to 5. We are getting a picture of what the new creation should look like. Hallelujah. What we are talking about is how the end is going to be glorious. But you see, by being in Christ, 
your mom is preparing Thanksgiving dinner, okay? The turkey, the chicken, because our people, we just don't do turkey. We do other things. Turkey is the, the, the what do you call it? The, the um, traditional, but if you go to people's home, it's not just turkey that people do. So whatever is being prepared, that dinner starts at 8 p.m., okay? By you being close to your mom and helping out at the kitchen, before it is served to the others, he said, you know what? You don't have to wait for the rest of the people. This is the lot of the believer. Amen. Amen. This is what is in store for us. And so we need to now enlarge our vision that the curses that are in the world, we, have, we now have power over it. Look at it. He showed me a pure river of water of life. Hallelujah. A pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. And in the middle of each street, on either side of the river, was the tree of life. Hallelujah. Which bore twelve fruits. Each tree yielded its fruit every month. That leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. This is one of the mysterious verses in the Bible because you are thinking about heaven, right? We don't want to get into that mystery, but, but just a thought that there's a tree of life in heaven and its leaves are for the healing of the nations. So it comes to my mind is that who is going to get sick there? <laughs> Amen. But Ishmael, this is a promise for the here and the now. It is a, the, the picture there is what is going to be available in future as far as, as far as people are not going to get sick. But right now, it's when people are sick. Is that not so? And so, and so if that is a picture of the new creation, how the new heaven and new earth is going to happen, and now we are already in Christ on the earth. So now, God is saying that whatever is going to happen in future where people are not going to get sick, it can happen here now. Papa Hagen used to say that, he'll be preaching, he will say, I've not had a headache since 1956. And we are in 1980-something. I said, how does he do it? He has labored to enter into a certain rest. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 How do you labor? By meditating on God's word. By believing what God has said rather than what your life is telling you. Amen. The world and your life circumstances scream at you. And it challenges the word of God. When the sower sowed the seed, immediately the Bible says that the enemy came to take some of it off. So when you hear the word of God, it sounds like some goosebumps have come upon you. And then when, as soon as you step out, it's like as soon as certain, uh, 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 what do you call it, scholars from a certain continent that they have studied a lot of great things in another continent. As soon as they step out of the plane onto an airport called Kotoka, then everything evaporates. Do you get it? That is how, that is how Satan works. Satan's goal is to make the word of God fiction to you and me. My duty is for you to see that the word of God is active and alive. And it is sharper than any two-edged sword. The word of God is not dead and it's not fiction and it's not hearsay. Hallelujah. We need to press in until the oil comes out. We need to press into the word until the promise happens. And we do so by resisting anything that is telling us the opposite. Because if we don't, the world will laugh at us. We will become a laughing stock of the world. But God is, the Bible says, the whole creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. What are they waiting for? The world itself knows that they are running out of solutions. Have you not seen occasionally some celebrity either, you know, they are divorcing or something terrible has happened? Somebody that you don't expect something to happen to. Because, you see, Christ alone is the hope of the world. 
But the world is not challenged enough to believe him because Christ's own people don't believe his word. Hallelujah. We don't believe the promise of the word of God. In fact, it is, it is, a, it is a tragedy that the divorce, rate in the, the divorce rate in the world is almost the same as the divorce rate in the church and in some circles higher in the church. Why? Because, 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 because it's like the word of God has become fiction to us. But if only we understood that if any man be there, that is where it starts with if. If. It's a condition. If we are in Christ, we are a new creation. Hallelujah. And he says that therefore, that he, says that he, he said we should not look at each other in the flesh. Hallelujah. We should look at each other as what? We should look at each other. The first Corinthians, second Corinthians 5, 16. Start from 16. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him that's no more. Hallelujah. And so, if we don't see Christ according to the flesh, so also we, we shouldn't see each other according to the flesh. If we are in the new creation, we must believe. You see, one day a friend of mine gave me a book, and the title was, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. Amen. Because you may think that it takes a lot to believe God or believe the word of God. It takes a lot more to not to believe the word of God. Like somebody said that, oh, they say education is expensive, but illiteracy is more expensive. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. And so, either way, you're going to believe something. Amen. And if you're going to believe something, why don't you believe the only, the only body of knowledge that can explain more things about the phenomenon of this world than anything else? Every other religion, there is no hope beyond this life. And there's no religion whose founder had the audacity to say that I die, I will die and rise again from the dead. Hallelujah. And the greatest of all man's enemies is death. And so the one who has conquered death and has come out of death and he's speaking, we must listen to him. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go back to um, Revelation 22 and verse 1 down. So all this is an invitation to participate in the curse-free life. That God has already purchased for us through the blood of Christ. So if a curse is beating us up, if a curse is beating us up, let us not accept that that's my lot. That's the way it, it ought to be. In the middle of each street, there was what? The tree of life. Which ball could go to next verse? Three. And there shall be no more curse. Say, there shall be no more curse. There shall be no more curse. But the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it. And his servants shall serve him. So dwell there for a moment. He said that in the city of God, there shall be no more curse. This is the end of the age. This is the new heaven and the new earth. Okay? Now I am, I am imploring you. And I am, I am trying to send this picture to you that this new creation has already happened. Because there are tokens of it. Imagine yourself in the 1930s. Okay? You are in the 1930s. And in the 1930s, I don't know, I don't think they had a mobile phone in the 1930s. They didn't even have the telephone. When did Alexander Graham Bell discover the telephone? I don't know, but let's think about the mobile phone for now. So if you are in the 1930s, and then somebody comes to bring you a book, a book that describes communication networks and devices. Do you get it? And the person tells you, a day is coming. That as you are here, 
in Columbus, Ohio. You can speak to somebody in Beijing, China. I know you have a relative in Beijing, China. Or you can take your, uh, 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 a device that looks like a, a TV and you can type some things on this square thing and then it will travel through the air to your relative at Cochabamba. Do you get it? And they keep opening the picture to you. I mean, in the book. And then, and then you say, no, this cannot be. You say, no, this can be. All right? Th this is what is going to happen. And they are telling you that it will happen in the year 2000. Are you getting the picture? You are in 1930. Somebody is showing you technology that is going to be available in the year 2000. And it's in a book that they are showing it to you. All right? And then you begin to say, oh, how great this will be. I have an aunt who lives in Australia. How I wish I could communicate with them. Amen. And, 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 and then maybe at that age, you are, you are 72. And, and then based on the lifespan in those days, you don't anticipate that by 2000, you'll be alive. So how can I experience this? And the person said, you know what? I'm going to talk to you about this man called Joshua. If you believe Joshua and what he did for us. Right now, as you're in 1930, you can enter into the technology of 2000. Put your hands together for Jesus. And so the person believes in Joshua. And then the device, the person brings the device. Okay, now do this. Press this. Do this. But you just need to, you need to be able to memorize the number. You need to be able to know how to punch. And then the person is, okay, I have arthritis in my fingers. This is the laboring <laughs> that you need to do. Just punch here and your, your message will go. So that the person who in 1930 gets to use the mobile phone which is yet to be discovered for the rest of us, but for a select group of people, maybe in a certain laboratory testing uh, 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 setting, they say, you people come and test and see what is going to be available in future. This then is what is available to the Christian today in the new creation. So everything we are reading about in Revelation, which sounds too fantastic, in Revelation 21, it says that what? Sorrow shall be no more. Somebody had a vision and he saw um, Enoch. Actually, he saw Derek Joyner in his latest book, The Valley. He, he met both Enoch and Elijah. And then and he was talking to them, and then and then and then um, you know, both of them worked in supernatural. And then and then um, he said, Enoch is so full of joy. He said he's the most joyful person you will ever see. He said the joy and the light coming out of him is so infectious. And 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 then and then Derek Joyner was talking to Elijah. And Elijah said, What Enoch had. Is what I had access to. But unfortunately, I couldn't get there. He said, why? He said, because I got discouraged. I got bitter. I got frustrated. I got disillusioned. Because, because he said, I served the Lord with all my strength, but I was not able to put away my frustrations and focus on God. But Enoch walked with God and he was not. And he walked in joy. Don't you think Enoch had a, 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 a issues in life? I mean, he had the normal issues of life. Okay, I'll I, I, I stop saying what I was going to say. He had the normal issues of life. <laughs> Hallelujah. Some of you can guess. Like the, the major issues of life that everybody has. He has a, a dead care issues to take care of. His son was Methuselah. He had wife issues to take care of. Amen. So don't dare, you, you, you dare not think that Enoch was able to focus on God and be joyful because he didn't have any normal, like he's like a monk in the forest and chanting nyamyorengi, nyamyorengi every day. No, 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 no. He had all the major things people face. Hallelujah. Amen. These are the practical issues of life.
but he was able to what? Be filled with joy. And Elijah said, I had access to the same joy, but I couldn't attain to it because I allowed my frustration, my disillusionment, and my bitterness to get to me. And the, the Lord had to take me out and bring Elisha in. Then he told him that now you have a chance. You have my life as a record. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? And so when we speak about the new creation and the thing it promises, as believers, we often always look into the future. We always look into one day it will be, one day it will be, so that it becomes like that store which has written in the front, no credit today, come tomorrow. So you're going to buy something on credit, they say, that the proprietor will bring you out and say, look at what I've written there. No credit today, come when? Tomorrow. tomorrow. So tomorrow when you come, the same statement is there. No credit today, come tomorrow. You will never be able to buy anything on credit there. That is how believers, we keep putting things forth into the future. But God is now luring us that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The new heaven and the new earth, which we are reading about in Revelation 21, has already happened. Amen. That if you can bring yourself into the arena of God, and you see, faith is like a time zone. Faith is like a time zone. Why? Because, you see, right now, it's now at nine something. In Tokyo, it's morning. Is that not so? So if you are playing in the stock market and you are doing what you call day trading in the stock market, the American market closes at what? For something, is it 4.30 p.m. or so? Eastern time. And so if you think that, okay, now I'm done trading for the day. People who have the ability to connect to Tokyo time, they will continue trading because in Tokyo, it is still day. And so, what we need to do is to expand our vision. That the limitations and the frustrations and the difficulties we face in our natural circumstances, we are only looking at one time zone. But by believing in the, the word of God and what God has promised, you are able to transport into God's time zone where everything is already working. Put your hands together unto the Lord. Next verse. He said, they shall see his face and his face shall be on their foreheads. All these things are things that can happen to us now. Read it and begin to aspire for it. Next, next verse 5. There shall be no more night. There. They, they need no lamp nor light for the, of the sun. For the Lord God gives them light and they shall reign forever and ever. Hallelujah. So that even if there is darkness, darkness of life is encroaching upon you, you have to remind yourself that look, the kingdom of God is in me and I am already in the new creation. And therefore, Darkness cannot overcome light in my life. You need to declare it unto you. That is where the laboring comes in. In the process of what you are experiencing, opposite to what the word of God is promising, you labor by speaking the word of God to counteract that. And the more you do that, the more the weight of the, those circumstances begin to loosen up on you. Hallelujah. And finally, let's go to um, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 4 to 6, where we hear the expression, the powers of the age to come. There are powers of this age. The powers of this age are more about what? Control. More about people trying to exercise the authority. Hallelujah. By the powers of the age to come, that is by the Holy Spirit. By faith and by the Holy Spirit. Many people, most people on earth, all they know about is the powers of this world. Hallelujah. Let's, yeah. Who have tasted of the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit. This is the, 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 describing the Christian. Next verse, verse 5. And have tested the good word of God and the powers of the age to come. If you look at the, if you look at the King James, he said the world to come. 
The world to come, the age to come, the same thing. Hallelujah. It, but the, what I want to see that there are certain powers of the age to come. These powers of the age to come is what is going to make you overcome the curse. Hallelujah. But people are only exercising themselves in the powers of this age. Which is like, make as much money as you can. Because the same money is power. When you have a lot of power and money, you have a lot of power. Hallelujah. Try to get influence and, and physical power or political power. All those are powers of this age, this world. Hallelujah. But then right now as you are in this world, you can strive and crave and aspire and have a vision for the powers of the age to come in this life. Amen. One day I went to a school and I was looking for the dean. And I didn't know who the dean was. So I was walking through the, the corridor and um, I, I met a man. And I said, who are you looking for? Then I said, I'm looking for the dean of the business school. Then he stopped and he looked at me and said, he has this deep voice. I don't know what I can do. Maybe you can do it. He said, you are looking at him. Instead of saying, I am the one, he said, you are looking at him. It's a way of speaking. Do you get it? Hallelujah. One day I went to the dentist and then uh, they did a, what do you call a x-ray and stuff. And then after the hygienists have done their work, they brought the dentist to come to inspect and also, you know, give his uh, verdict. So when he did everything he could and, and looked at the x-ray, he looked at me and then he said, I will let you have them. That's what you mean, have what? He said, I will let you have your teeth. Because as a dentist, he has power to take my teeth away. <laughs> Do you get it? He said, I will let you have them. No, 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 no. He said, I will let you keep them. I will let you keep them. So as a dentist, he is exercising his power in this age. That if he says that if we don't remove this tooth, you are going to de de develop this wild disease or whatever, that you, uh, you, you will die. You will be afraid. Yeah. So he has the power to remove the tooth. Amen. He said, I will let you keep them. That is his power. But there is a power of the age to come that is available to the believer. For any man that is in Christ, it's a new creation. Put your hands together unto the Lord. Let's rise up. Take out a good offering and let us pray. We give you thanks, Sovereign Lord. We give you praise, Sovereign Lord. Father, we bless you. We adore you. We are grateful to you for inviting us, enlarging us, expanding our vision that we are not limited by all that this world's limitations are. But there is another world that, that we get transported to by faith and that we can exercise the powers of the age to come to overcome the curse that is in this world. For this reason, we give to you in faith with our hearts, we bring ourselves to you that you be honored even in the offering of our lives and our substance to the praise of your name that the world will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the seas. I bless you in Jesus' name.